0: If you would go ahead and grab a songbook for this evening, <clears throat> and turn to hymn number 19, we'll start off with hymn number 19. <clears throat> we'll sing the first three verses. All oh, hail the
1: power of Jesus name. Let angels' God.
2: Good evening. Good to see everybody out this evening. Just have a few announcements before we get back into our worship service. Uh, just um, this evening, the college and a young adult gift exchange, and that'll be at the Parker's house right after services. Also, this coming Sunday, uh, the December 24th, there will be a meal after services. If you are um, wanting to stick around and, and have a meal uh, for, the, for the holidays, uh, there's a green sheet on the bulletin board, you can just sign up so that we can get a headcount on that. And also on Sunday we'll have services at 1pm instead of 6pm. So that'll be again December 24th this Sunday. Also uh, for the youth, the deadline to sign up for the uh, CYC is December 27th and that sheet is out in the foyer on the youth table. Also uh, just a reminder if you're needing a ride to evening services there's a sign up sheet on the bulletin board. Just uh, sign your name up, and we'll make sure to get you picked up. And um, just to let you know that Andrew Miller and Savannah were married yesterday, and they were married in Arkansas, so the Millers are still down there. Uh, Prayer list, uh, just continue to uh, keep those that are dealing with cancer, uh, Jimmy Wilgus, Jim Martin, uh, Jackie Hutchison, and uh, keep them in our prayers. Also, Judy and Marvin Jordan, who are recovering from covid Friday Simpson, and uh, David Houck, who uh, just had uh, knee replacement. And Amber Payne's mother, Gleema, is uh, recovering from surgery that she just had. So we keep her in our <laughs> prayers. That is all the announcements that I have. Are there any other announcements that need to be made at this time? Dottie Hager is still in the hospital. Okay. Dottie Hager is still in the hospital. And I think she has COVID, and, COVID m- and pneumonia both. So, okay. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time, Lord, thanking you for all the many blessings that you give us each and every day. We thank you for today, for the sunshine that you gave us, for the ability and the health to be here this evening, Father. We are thankful for all that you do for us each and every day. We're especially thankful for your son, Jesus, for his life and his teachings and and his death, Father, the hope that we have through him. And Father, we're thankful for your word that guides us each and every day. We thank you for the opportunity to be here this evening to to both worship you, Father, and to study from that word. And we pray that we will grow in our understanding that we can take your word and and share it with others and bring more to people to know you, Father. Father, we're mindful of so many that are struggling with various health issues at this time. Those that have been mentioned this evening, we continue to pray for Jimmy Wilgus and Jim Martin and and Jackie Hutchison, and and be with Judy and Marvin as they recover from COVID, and and Friday as she continues her treatments, Father, and, and Dave Houck, we pray for his recovery from, from surgery, that he can get some relief from his pain, and, and, and be with Amber Payne's mom as she recovers from surgery as well, Father, and, and Dottie, Father, we pray that she can um, get feeling better and can get home. Father, we pray for our shut-ins as well. This time of the year can be difficult with the holidays, and and the uh, the short days and the cold weather, we just pray for each one of them, Father, that they can be strengthened and comforted, and comforted. And we can do our part to uh, to reach out to them, to know, let them know that they're missed and loved. And and Father, we just thank you for the the congregation here, Father, for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And and pray as we come to the end of this year and, and go into next year, Father, that we can continue to. Uh, to fellowship with one another, that we can be devoted, Father, to, to meeting and to studying from your word and for praying and, and just what we can do, Father, to be better disciples for you and, and to take your word and, and take Jesus out into the world, Father, and, and share it in a world that needs, needs him so much. Father, thank you again for all that you do for us. Forgive us when we do fall short. It's through Jesus we pray these things. Amen. Amen.
0: Next hymn, 760, 760, Who Will Follow Jesus? We'll sing the first, second, and fourth one. Who will follow Jesus? Next hymn, number five hundred ninety-nine. Stepping in the light, five hundred ninety-nine. We'll sing the first three verses of this hymn. Five hundred ninety-nine. Stepping in the light. <clears throat> trying
1: to walk in the steps of the Savior, trying. How happy the song that we bring. How beautiful you are in the steps of the Savior, stepping in the light.
0: please stand, and we'll sing hymn number 746, 746, <clears throat> When He Comes in Glory.
1: Oh, a sweet will be to meet the Lord, when He comes in glory, my life, what a song. We're young in the sun.
0: The invitation for tonight, number 744. What will your answer be? Brother Chris.
3: What's your favorite type of chip? I don't know that I have one. I like sour cream and onion. It's cheddar and sour cream. I tend to the sour cream section, I guess. One of my least favorite chips is Cheetos. I don't like Cheetos. You know why? They get all over you, don't they? You can't even open a bag of Cheetos without getting Cheeto powder on you, right? It hit me the last time I was watching my kids eat Cheetos. (laughs) Christians ought to be a lot more like Cheetos, shouldn't we? You don't hear that every day. Christians ought to be more like Cheetos. Whoever we hang around, we ought to rub off on them. You can't spend any time around a Cheeto without getting that little powdery orange stuff all over your hands and all over your face. One time Ethan was eating them, and uh, I look over, and he's got both hands in the bag, and he comes out, and his hands... You can't see the boy's hands. <laughs> it's, it's orange. His whole face is orange right here. They got all over him. And that's, that's kind of what Cheetos, Cheetos do. That's also what we ought to do, isn't it? The people that we live around ought to be affected by us, shouldn't they? They ought to be changed by their time around us, right? Um, there's a guy in Scripture that you know well. His name's Joseph. You may not know him by Joseph. His, the name you probably know him by is his nickname, Barnabas. But you meet him in Acts chapter 4. And this guy's like a Cheeto. <laughs> everybody he interacts with, everybody he spends time around, they're better off for being around them. He rubs off on them. We need to be more like that. Jesus would call his disciples... Uh, and he would spend vast amounts of time around these guys. And you find, after three years or so, his priorities, his way of thinking, his way of looking at the world rubbed off on them. You don't see it at the, at the crucifixion. They're scared and they're not, they're not reacting like they ought to. But just days after that, at the resurrection, these same guys, you can tell he, they've been with Jesus, right? In fact, even outsiders say that. These guys have been with Jesus. Christians ought to rub off on people like a Cheeto. But Barnabas is our, is our good example tonight. In fact, one of the early definitions, a working definition for a disciple is someone who follows so closely to the master that his, the dirt off his sandals gets on them. Have you ever walked along a road behind somebody or beside someone? And then, especially if you, you've got a big group, they're kind of kicking up some dirt, some dust. If you're on a dirt road, the disciple, a, a, a very ancient uh, definition for a disciple is someone who follows their master so closely that the dirt off his sandals gets on them. If you spend enough time around a Christian, we ought to rub off on them. And if we're not rubbing off on them, maybe something's going on. Let me point you to a couple of examples from Barnabas' life. This guy's amazing, and, and we've talked about him in the past, and, and you, know, you know him well, but I want you to look at him through this lens. In Acts chapter 4, you find him. This is the first time you find him. The church is brand new, um, and, and they're struggling. Financially, they're struggling. It's, it's hard being a Christian in Jerusalem—it's hard. Being in Jerusalem, honestly, if you're a Jewish person in the first century who lives in Jerusalem, it's tough. There's a famine going on in Jerusalem right now in the first century, and uh, so nobody has anything. Um, I think, think, great depression kind of error for for us. That's that's the financial situation that they're in in Jerusalem in uh, in this uh, in this this setting, um, but even worse than that, being a Christian, because all of your security, all your safety nets, all the things that we fall back on when you fall on hard times, all those are gone now. They, they don't have those. Um, their family turned their back on them as soon as they followed Christ. They don't, they don't have any of those safety nets. Their savings, they've blown through that in an attempt to eat over the last days, weeks, months. By this time, possibly even years. They don't have any safety nets. It's all gone. So they're relying now on the church. And the church has stepped up in these incredible ways. But we're told about Joseph. And, and this is really, uh, I suppose, where he gets his nickname as the son of encouragement. That's what Barnabas means, the son of encouragement. So how did he encourage these people? How did he encourage the first century church? Well, he has some land. We don't know how big it is. We don't know how much land he has. Maybe he had 300 acres somewhere outside Jerusalem. Maybe he had half an acre. We don't know if he's wealthy. We don't know if if this was excess. We don't know if this was his last penny. We're not told any of that stuff. We don't know anything about Barnabas' financial situation. But what what we do know is that he sold some of this land and he gave it to the apostles so that they could help feed the church. So that's how we meet Barnabas. He is making the church better. He's rubbing off on them like a Cheeto. He sticks his hand in in the bag and those hands come out all orange and stuff. You can't you can't help but get overwhelmed by the Cheeto dust. You spend enough time around a Christian, you can't help, at least you shouldn't be able to help, being overwhelmed by our love, our sacrifice our kindness, um, our morality, our doctrine. these are things that if you spend enough time around us, these things ought to rub off on people. The next time you find Barnabas, he is rubbing off on someone else. Um, he's been sent to the church in Antioch. This is the very first time that Jew, or that non-Jewish people have come to faith. And so it's an exciting time. In the church, up until this point, years have passed since uh, since the day of Pentecost when the church was founded, and only Jewish people have been entering into the kingdom. All the churches are Jewish, Uh, but now the first uh, the first non Jewish church is the church in Antioch, Uh, and so these guys hear about the gospel getting to Antioch, and they say, "Well, we need to send someone down there, but it's not going to be one of the apostles because these guys are." They're busy in Jerusalem. So who are we going to send? We're going to send Brother Encourager. We're going to send Joseph, Barnabas. That's who we're going to send. And so he gets there, and he kind of checks out the situation. He spends a little bit of time with them, but he's not happy. He needs he needs help, really. And so you know who he goes and gets? He goes and gets the murderer, the the one who has sacrificed the lives of Christians, but how has now encountered Christ himself and is now bearing the name of Christ and bearing the burden of Christ and has taken on his name. He goes and he finds Saul. Isn't that incredible? If Barnabas didn't go get Saul for this ministry in Antioch, do we ever find the Apostle Paul? Do we ever hear any of the letters that he writes? Do we ever know about any of the missionary journeys he takes or the people that he converts? Maybe not. Maybe not. Barnabas rubbed off on Paul in a powerful and significant way. You spend enough time around a Christian, we're going to rub off on you. At least we should. And so the people that you're closest to, that aren't members of the church, think think through this. Live your life in such a way so that you rub off on them, so that they can see your kindness, so they can see your, your morality, your doctrine but also the judgment and wrath of God. These things are are realities. And we need to be consumed with them. Barnabas was. He's consumed, immersed himself in the work of ministry, and it changed the people around him for the better. That's not the last time you see uh, Barnabas. Of course, you find him and Paul having a falling out. Now... Eventually, they're going to be friends again. Uh, they're going to see each other's worth in Christ again. But here they have a little tiff, um, this disagreement that results in them splitting ways. And the argument is over a guy named John Mark. John Mark had come along with Paul and Barnabas on this first missionary journey. He's rubbing off. Now there's two of them, Paul and Barnabas. And they want to rub off on this young guy named John Mark. Eventually, they're going to rub off on this young guy named Timothy, Silas, Titus, and a variety of other men and women, Aquila and Priscilla, throughout the New Testament. They send these people out. They rub off on them. They spend some time with them. And that mindset and those priorities and that agenda that these guys have, it's so blatant. It's so obvious that it rubs off on the people around them and those people catch capture the vision that Paul and Barnabas and Silas and Timothy and John Mark and all these guys have and they take it out into the world and it just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. That's our goal. That's what Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, right? We are disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. Right? Disciples making disciples. That's that's who we are. But on that first missionary journey, they take along this young guy named John Mark and an attempt to rub off on him and allow him to capture the vision, to capture the passion that these two guys have for Christ and his church and truth. And he apparently he does for a bit, but then something happens. He gets homesick or he gets scared or something happens. We don't, we're not let in on what exactly happens, what goes wrong, but something goes wrong. And John Mark has to leave, or wants to leave, and he goes back home. But they're going to pick him up again on the second missionary journey. Paul doesn't want to, though. Barnabas does. He still sees value in him, and and Paul will eventually. But just now, he doesn't see any value in taking John Mark back with him. And so they have this disagreement, this explosion, and their friendship happens, and it ends up in two missionary teams now instead of just one. Paul takes Silas, and Barnabas takes John Mark, and they go their separate directions. But what's so interesting is Barnabas spent enough time around John Mark that you remember the last thing we hear about John Mark? It's not that he's not uh, worthy of the gospel. It's not that he's not necessary on a missionary trip. It's not that he's not a good Christian or a good missionary. You know what the last thing we hear about John Mark is? He's useful to me for ministry. You know who says that? He's useful. John Mark's useful to me for ministry. You know who says that? Paul. The guy who once thought that John Mark was not useful for ministry. Barnabas has spent enough time with John Mark. More importantly, God has spent more time. John has spent more time. John Mark has spent more time with God. And so he's rubbed off on him like a bag of Cheetos. He's got... He's captured that vision. He's captured the passion. And so, toward the end of Paul's life, John Mark is now useful to him for ministry. Do you make the people around you better? Do you rub off on them? Can they spend some time around you? As much time as it would take you to spend, as much time as it would take you to get Cheeto dust on you. Do you rub off on them like that? Next time you're eating Cheetos, think about this lesson. We have to rub off on people. We can capture the vision and the passion for the church, for truth, for God, and we can send that out to people. We are disciples who make disciples who make disciples. We need to replicate ourselves, and we can do that by spending vast amounts of time around other people who are not Christians. That's one of the ways that we can help them capture that vision and that passion. We need to obviously watch over ourselves so that we don't fall into uh, sin ourselves. But people need to Christ living in us. They need to capture that vision, capture that passion. Tonight, if you're not living the way you ought to have been living, if you're struggling with your faith, we want to pray for you that you can be everything that God would have you to be. If you've not been baptized into Christ tonight, there's nothing that stands in your way except yourself. If you're willing to submit to him, why won't you come as we stand and sing?
0: Sunday you'll stand at the bar. time or the gym. Gail we'll do some prayer.
4: Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful to be able to meet here this evening to sing songs of praises to you and to meditate in your word. We ask your blessing on us, Lord, as we continue to meditate in your word and help it to sink deep into our hearts, dear Lord. Help us to determine to speak to someone this week of the joy we have in salvation. Thank you, dear Lord, for watching over us and blessing us. Lord, there's those among us who are in need of your healing power to restore their health please enter back in and bless them lord thank you now as we go forth help us to remember uh, father that we have been redeemed and we can tell others of the joy that we have being redeemed thank you lord in the name of christ we pray amen
0: I don't we're having a class, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be careful going down those stairs. <clears throat>